0: Hey everyone! Thanks for joining us at Anthem tonight on our Good Friday service. Obviously, this is kind of a new experience for all of us to do something like this—to do a, a holiday service uh, virtually from from our home to yours. And uh, I want to just thank you for being a part of this this evening. Uh, Ashley Pitkin is going to share the word with us this evening. We're here in our sort of converted garage at the moment. Um, I'm here with, uh, Ashley and then my family are here. So, uh, say hi to these guys. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, we just wanted to not miss this opportunity to do what we would normally do at a time like this. And that would be to share communion together as, as an extended family. And I think what I love about something like, uh, being able to put this on our website and Facebook Live as well, is that I really believe that we're still worshipping together tonight. And despite the fact that we're in individual homes across the area, we're still together for this next half an hour or so at Anthem. And so I want to thank you for taking this time to be with us. Um, I can think back to a couple of years ago, not exactly this day, but around this time, was our very first service at Anthem Church, when we had been just gathering a crew of people and there was 30 or 40 of us. And uh, it was coming up on that time in January, February, March. We were just thinking, wait, we've got a, we've got a, a group of people. Why wouldn't we uh, have a good Friday service? We weren't planning on actually launching until September or October, but we, we wanted to get together on this, this night just to remember the sacrifice of Jesus uh, and the, the price that he paid for us to even have community. You know, I don't think it's, it's coincidence that the word community and the words communion start with the same root because it's about being together tonight when we remember Christ's sacrifice until he comes. And so we're going to do that tonight. And I, if you haven't prepared for this just yet, I want to just encourage you to go get some some bread and some juice or some wine. Let's not be over ceremonial here. You don't have to, um, it doesn't have to be anything specific. Um, whatever you, you have in the, the kitchen or in the fridge that you can you can grab so that we can still share this experience together. There was about a time about uh, 30 years ago when me and some friends were just hanging out on a hillside overnight. We'd gone camping for the night. And it was two or three in the morning and just five of us, sort of 20-year-old guys, were just hanging out in the middle of the night having some great conversations about God and being honest with one another about our lives and one of my my friend Ian suddenly had the idea we should take communion together and he just reached into his cooler and got some orange juice and something like Oreo cookies and we had communion with orange juice and Oreo cookies and it was one of the most meaningful communion experiences I've ever had and so I don't want you to worry too much about specifics Uh, grab some juice or some wine or something to drink and something to eat, and we'll remember the sacrifice of Christ together. So Ashley's going to come right now and speak uh, to us this evening, but I'm just going to open us in prayer as we begin that tonight. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, it's tonight, this very unique evening, and perhaps uh, we're experiencing it closer to the way that you experienced it tonight than we ever have done, in that we're alone. We're, We're not a community together in in real life tonight, but we're we're alone in our homes, and for some that means that they are absolutely on their own. And it's the experience that you had on Good Friday when everybody left, and you paid a penalty for us alone. And we, although we don't truly understand what that was like, we do we do want to recognize as much as we can and understand the price you paid tonight. And so, as Ashley comes to bring your word this evening, I pray that um, you will. Use her to challenge us, challenge us, and inspire us to follow you all the more with our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ashley.
1: Well, hi everyone. So glad that we could be together as much as we can be together for Good Friday. Um, I hope your weeks have been great. I know for me, I feel like I'm crawling into Friday, into Good Friday. It was felt like a long week. An emotional week, um, if you're skipping into Easter with joy and celebration, then I, I celebrate you, I'm with you, but it definitely was not my experience this week. It was like my heart is heavy, and it's just feeling heavy from the things that are going on in our world and for me, um, but have felt like, you know, the best day, probably, what a more appropriate way day to, to feel what is hard than to be feeling that on Good Friday. If anyone knows anything about walking through hard things, it was Jesus who felt disappointment and who felt um, pain and emotions, heaviness. He felt all of those things. And today, when we reflect back on some of those things, it felt like this is, this is the time um, to do that and to, to be able to feel our emotions um, so, as we've been going through this Holy Week, um, looking at these different things in Jesus' life, um, there were some people who actually walked these things in life with Jesus. They were there. They saw it happen. Um, they, the eyewitness accounts then were written down and compiled, and that's what we have today. Um, but they were real people. They weren't um, just... Made up stories or things like that. They're real people who saw what happened, who walked with Jesus, who was there when he was crucified, and they wrote it down. Um, One of those guys was a man named Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Um, And he, we have his account, his eyewitness account of what happened um, during that week of Jesus' life, many things in Jesus' life. Um, He dictated that to a man named John Mark. He um, and John Mark wrote it down, and so that's the account that we have, and I'm going to read that account. We're going to walk through it together, Um, but uh, regardless of how many times you've heard the story, maybe this is the first time, maybe this is the millionth time, um, or the how many Good Fridays, how many times you've read it, but um, instead of reading it like a story today, um, I want you to imagine that here we are. And a man named Peter, who was there, is just telling us the story. He's telling us, this is what I saw, this is what I experienced on this day, and I want to tell you about it. He's, he's telling us the story. So I'm going to start and read. So, Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, set Barabbas free for, for them after having jesus scourged he hand him over to the soldiers to be crucified so the place we're starting in this story is the the last um sort of stage of jesus's um arrest and trial, and he's with this man named Pilate, who is an official, and something that was common during this time was that a prisoner would be released, and so Jesus is standing there with Pilate in front of a crowd. Pilate is asking to release either Jesus or this other man, Barabbas, and the crowd is yelling for Barabbas to be freed and for Jesus to be crucified. So that's the the part of the story that we are right now, um, setting, wishing to satisfy the crowd, set Barabbas free for them. After having Jesus scourged, he handed them over, he Handed him over to the soldiers to be crucified it 's a small little verse, but actually the the process of having Jesus scourged was not a, a, a small event it 's the scourging of that happened with criminals um, It was a whip, but it wasn 't just a whip that um, gave welts on someone 's back scourging was um, cords braided together with bone, with glass, with really sharp things, so that when the um, victim was whipped, it would tear through the skin. It was made to be a painful process. It would tear through the skin and the muscle, and sometimes intestines would come out. A lot of times people died from just the scourging before they'd ever even moved on to other parts of the punishment. So Jesus was scourged, and this is where we start his journey to the cross with a scourging already. Starting with this, this painful experience, his body is already ripped open, bleeding, as this, this scourging happens. We're going to continue on. The soldiers led him away to the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together the entire Roman battalion of 600 soldiers. They dressed him up in a ranking Roman officer's robe of purple, and after twisting together a crown of thorns, they placed it on him. And they began saluting and mocking him. Hail, King of the Jews! They kept beating him on his head with a reed, which would have been like a staff, like a bamboo staff, and spitting on him, and kneeling and bowing in mock homage to him. After they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, and led him out of the city to crucify him. They forced into service a passerby coming from the countryside, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry. His cross. So Jesus has been scourged, and he has this this humiliating, disrespectful experience with these soldiers that are beating him, have this crown of thorns that's on his head. And so it's his his body is broken, and now to feel the, the emotional weight of that type of experience. And then he's given the this cross to carry. So it would have been the the cross beam, is what he have carried. The um, that horizontal piece, the vertical piece was probably kept on the hill, and people hung that um, the other beam on there for uh, it, a lot of executions happened on the hill, so it would have been a beam. It would have been most likely across his back like a yoke, and that's how he would have carried it. The beam probably weighed about a hundred pounds, that he's he's asked and and has to carry then, to the place where he's going to be executed. And I don't know the last time you carried hundred pounds. It's been a while for me because, you know, CrossFit days are closed right now. And so maybe it was yesterday. I don't know the last time you carried hundred pounds or if you have, but I can imagine the last time you carried hundred pounds, it was, it was not in a state of such physical distress as it would have been for Jesus to walk carrying the hundred pound cross. Um earlier this week I went running on a trail as I am an avid trail person after hiking my first trail 3 weeks ago. And so as I'm running on this trail, I usually have a trail buddy, but this time I didn't. I was like, I can do this myself. I am a trail person. And so went in in this trail um, cuz you know, with nothing else we can do, right? Trails and that's it. So um, I'm there at the park, I'm looking at the map and I'm like, "Great, I'm going to go A and then I'm going to turn on, on H." Like, this is going to be great. I'm going to make it. So I'm there. I'm running. I'm running because I'm an avid runner. And so I'm running. I'm, like, on A. It's great. And then I'm turning towards H. And I get, like, 20 steps in. And I'm, like, I've made a grave mistake. So I'm H goes up this incline, this wooded incline with rocks and, like, I don't know. You think about woods. But it's this incline track that goes up there. And I'm first I'm, I'm running up it. And then I'm, like, walking up it. And then I'm crawling up and, like, holding onto the branches whenever you find them to, like, pull myself up on this. And I'm like, this is a terrible mistake. I'm not a runner. If you're a runner, I don't understand you. I don't understand you. I just, I don't know. And in that moment, I thought, I don't understand. I, I don't. People do this for fun. They, they choose to. I don't understand. So I'm, I'm going up this hill that is never-ending and running, And and the thought just, like, comes to me in how much... <laughs> And how much I am not enjoying my experience right now. This is nothing compared to the walk that I'm going to think about later this week that Jesus took on that walk to his execution. The distance was shorter for him. The incline was probably not as steep. But that painful walk, having been scourged, having been beaten, and having that sort of um, mocking happen to him and then carrying this hundred pounds walking up to his cross. we don't know how long he carried it before they grabbed um, Simon to carry the cross from him, but at, at some point Jesus was unable even to keep carrying to keep going on as he's carrying his cross. Um, but really there's um, the hundred pound cross on his back really paled in comparison to to something else that he was carrying. So remember that we're, we're listening to Peter telling us this story. And, and Peter, um, also, he had written some letters, and one of the letters we call 1 Peter, um, and he had written this in 1 Peter. He, which he's, he's saying, Jesus, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. He carried the sins. He carried, he's walking, he's carrying a hundred pound cross on his back, but he is carrying in his body the sins of not the people who are are there then, the people in the past, the people that are um, to come in the future, that are happening now, the millions, the billions and billions of people. Jesus lived within that in that moment as he's going to be on the cross in his body he carried the sins of all of those billions of people and I feel of my own sin it's different times in my life for sure have felt that weight of my own sin the things that are ugly in me in my past things that I know the the person that I don't Want to be that I know I still am in my jealousy,' so my selfishness and my anger, in the ways that I have hurt myself, in the ways that I've hurt other people. and sometimes I can feel, really feel the weight of those things in my life. and to know that that weight that I feel, Jesus not only carried my weight, but to know He carried the weight of all of people through all of humanity in the people to come. In his body, in that moment, as he's there on the cross. The, the people who had been there mocking him, as they're mocking him, he knew he's about to carry that sin of what they're doing in his body on his way up to the cross, even those people. i want to keep going with our story. Then they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated the place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh to dull the pain, but he would not take it. This is like a, a narcotic that you would, like a morphine, you would, think you would drink this and it would all his senses. Um, but Jesus chose to experience it fully, so he didn't accept this. Um, and they crucified him and divided his clothes among themselves, casting lots to see what sh- who should take what. It was the third hour, 9 a.m., when they crucified him. Those who were passing by were insulting him with abusive and insolent language, wagging their heads as a sign of contempt, saying, Ha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in only three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were ridiculing and mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others from death, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so we may see and believe and trust in him. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. When the sixth hour came, which is noon, darkness covered the whole land until the ninth hour, 3 p.m. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lamacht, sabachti, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last, voluntarily, sovereignly dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's plan when the centurion who was standing opposite of him saw the way he breathed his last, being fully in control, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. This past month, we've been walking through some really hard times in our world, also. But again, what better way to walk through those hard times than to be here on Good Friday and remember? walking through them with Jesus, who understood what it was like to walk through hard times. And maybe you are feeling that today. Maybe you're like me at the end of a week that's emotional. Um, Maybe you're feeling the pain and disappointment of of a job lost or missing friends you can't see or family that you, you have been in isolation away from them because you can't be together or the birthday celebrations and weddings and funerals and graduations and trips that had to be canceled and now you, you can't go on them at all. The, the workload that has tripled because of all the things now you have to do that's different, the loss of normal, the loss of being able to do things that you loved, whatever it is, feeling those, those negative emotions now, those things that are, are weighing you down in your heart. Jesus knew about disappointment and loss. He knew how painful those things can be as he walked up to the cross in his last days. Those things are hard, and they are real, and they are sad. And something in our society um, is that we like to um, push things away, um, push negative things away especially. We're not great at negative emotions. We're like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, it's not good. Like, if it's not good, I don't want to feel it. And if it's not good, if something's not right, how can I feel good? Maybe even if, it's, if it doesn't feel good, is God Good. Is he good either? But in those times when we, we want to push away negative emotion, this is the time, this is the day to stay, to sit in negative emotion today on Good Friday. Nothing in Good Friday felt good. But everything about Good Friday happened for our good. God did not look good on Good Friday, but it was, he was the most, the most good to us that he has ever been on Good Friday to us. It was, it was the saddest day in history, and yet the most hope was available to us. It was the most hopeful because we knew victory was coming. There was an, an opportunity for true hope to, to be there, to be there. And it was coming. It was coming just days later. True hope became possible. It didn't look happy, and it didn't look joyful, but today's sadness makes Easter sweeter when we know the bad and, and know that the good is coming. We don't sit in the bad and when we push, instead of pushing it away, when we don't sit in the bad and feel the bad. We cheapen the power of the resurrection, the good news that's coming later. And we know this. We We can't know good really until we know bad. We can't know No um, true joy until we felt deep despair. We can't feel real freedom until we know what it's like to be in bondage. We can't um, feel loss unless we know what it's like to have. We can't have the good without, we, we can't feel really the fullness to celebrate the real fullness of what is good if we don't know what is bad. And that's even true about when we talk about the gospel story. Sometimes we like f- focusing on the good things. It's about you know, accepting Jesus and going to heaven and, and God is with you and your life will be blessed and all, all those things are true. But there, there is no good news of what we have with God without the bad news of the sin that Christ had to carry in his body on the way up to the cross. And without that bad news, we, we miss what, what is good. It's the bad news that created Good Friday. There is no Good Friday without the bad news. It's the bad news that created Good Friday, and yet it created hope for what was happening. So that's what we sit in today here in Good Friday, sitting in that fact of what Christ has done for us. Of what's hard what's hard in our life right now what's happening that's hard in the world and remembering that journey that christ took with that hundred pound cross beam on him and the weight of all of the sin past present and future of the billions of people that he carried in his body and that's what we sit in today even if it doesn't feel good we know that we we can sit in it because we know that victory is coming because there will be miraculous incredible victory that is coming and because we know it's coming today we can be brave and be open and vulnerable to what is hard and what is sad to take a breath and to know that in this place we can really think about what Christ's sacrifice meant to us if we don't sit in the agony of what Christ did for us, we will cheapen the celebration of the resurrection when it comes. Something that um, Jesus asked us to do as we remember what he has done for us, what he did, when he asked us to um, remember him, um, one of the ways he asked us to remember him was through communion, which is what we're going to take together tonight as we sit in this, in these last days before these last hours before triumph when we're sitting in the sad story of Good Friday Colin's going to come and he's going to lead us in communion
0: When you consider the, the journey that we've been on from Palm Sunday through Good Friday and then on to Easter Sunday this just feels like the, the, the toughest act in a, in a three act play Of the final week of Jesus's life and just imagine just how fast everything would have seemed to have been happening for Jesus's friends around him watching this unfold on the the Thursday night essentially Jesus getting together for a, a final dinner on the night before he was he was crucified on the day that he was betrayed by Judas and during that Passover dinner just taking a piece of bread and, uh, and, 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 and giving it new meaning and so I, I think what Ashley's talk has helped me realize tonight is just that weight that we need to sit in with Christ we need to experience the weight not just carrying the cross but the weight of what he did for us and so my challenge to every single one of you tonight is that if you haven't done it yet today, spend just a few more minutes than you normally would just in quiet before God, whether it's when we finish in a moment or two or whether it's when you're on your own for a moment or yeah, it's kind of rough night out there but if you want to go for a walk or something or before you go to bed, just spend a little more time than you normally would do just recognizing the, the the sacrifice that Christ paid for us, and so I want to encourage those who are here, my wife and kids and Ashley and to uh, to, to grab their um, cup and bread and uh, wherever you are in your home we're going to share this bread of communion and this cup of communion together, as I said, not overly ceremonial but very significant and very significant in remembering what was done for us and I think Jesus knows that we needed something physical we needed something uh, tactile and regular to remind us of what he did and that we surrender ourselves to it let's take the bread together right now And as we take the cup together, we remember that this represents his shed blood on the cross, that blood was spilled, and that blood was a sacrifice for our sins so that we could come into a new relationship with him, that the way was made open for you and for me to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with God through Jesus. So let's drink the cup together and remember the blood of Jesus poured out for us let's pray together Jesus what a unique experience to to share communion together just like this mm-hmm. online together and uh, Lord I, I want to pray for three things tonight I want to pray for those who are uh, suffering tonight all over this world with covid lord we pray that you'll bring healing we pray that you'll do miracle after miracle in people's lives God, I pray for those who are on the front lines those who are giving medical care and attention to people who are struggling those in our community that we that we think about so often and god i also pray for those who are struggling with anxiety <clears throat> or fear tonight as so many of us have during this season and uh, God, we're right there with them and I pray that you'll bring peace and even in the midst of this storm we'll recognize your presence. Even in the Good Friday experience, Lord, we'll recognize that you are there during our storms. And so I pray tonight that um, as we wrap up here, God, we will uh, go into our own rooms, our own homes with just that sense of the weight of your presence in our lives and what your sacrifice meant for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let me encourage you between now and Sunday, reach out to somebody, get on the phone to somebody who you wouldn't always talk to, text somebody, call them, Facebook message, WhatsApp, however you normally do that, but make a connection with somebody that you wouldn't otherwise do it, and uh, wish them a happy Easter, invite them to what we're doing at Anthem, have them join you online. I'm so looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning at 10.30 when we celebrate the resurrection together. Thanks for joining us tonight. See ya.